The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. I'm going to speak today, uh, we're going to stand in just a moment for the word, for the reading of the word, but I'm going to speak today on who you're going to call. Who you're going to call. And I'm not taking it from Ghostbusters, okay? That's a long time ago. <laughs> but who you going to call? This who are you going to call when you need help? Who are you going to call? Would you stand? You're awesome people, and I love you. We're going to Philippians today, and all the people that are watching uh, by Facebook today, we greet you today. Thank you for being online. If you can't be in church, wherever you are, thank you for joining in today. We have, we have one of our praise singers, he and his wife were on a little getaway last week, and they, they were in a hot tub. They were in a hot tub, just kind of having a, a wonderful time, just resting, and, and they had the service on, and they were watching the service last week while they were on vacation. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 2. It says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of, say it, Jesus, Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You believe that? You believe the word. It's in the book. So I'm going to speak today on that. I want you to join hands as a show of uh, a solemnity and a show of solidarity. We're going to pray together. Let's ask God to bless the folks in Florida and to strengthen that to strengthen those people there and trustfully the people that needed to get out did get out and those that are trying to hunker down that God will protect them trying to watch their place so let's bless them right now dear father we send a blessing to Florida right now and to Georgia we ask you to bless the people there give them strength oh God give them fortitude thank you Lord because the United States is the kind of place that will rally and support people like that because it happened when Harvey came through and it's going to happen now that Irma's coming through now bless them and give them strength, and Lord, don't let there be a lot of loss of lives. Let people live through this situation. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. You may be seated. God bless your awesome people. Now, I want you to raise your hand today. If you ever heard somebody get really mad, really mad, and yell, Buddha. Get really mad and yell, Muhammad. Get really mad and yell, Harry Krishna. Ron Hubbard, Shirley MacLaine, or even Bill Clinton, or George Bush, or Hitler, or Saddam Hussein, and God forbid, Billy Graham, Mother Teresa. <laughs> I need her help sometime. Now raise your hand if you've ever heard somebody get really mad and yell, Jesus. Sometimes they add Christ, don't they? Sometimes they put an H between the Jesus and the Christ. Here's the reason. When you're as mad as you can get, when you're angry, you automatically reach for the most powerful name that you can to find, to express the full extent of your anger. That's what happened. It's an absolute sin to use the name of Jesus as a curse word or the name of the Lord. The third of the ten in Exodus says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So why do so many people still do it? Because Jesus, folks, is the most powerful name on the earth. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is the most powerful name of the, on the earth. And it is 100% wrong to use the name of Jesus as a curse word, but you, you just think about it. In reality, 
When people use the name of Jesus, it's a crude form of worship. The person who uses it is saying, I'm really mad right now. And I've got to let it out. And Jesus, there's nobody like you. You can hear it. You can turn it into whatever you want to turn it into. I'm just going to call your name. I think a lot of people think that. Romans chapter 9 said, What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which follow not after righteousness have attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained the law of righteousness, because they sought it not by faith. But as it were the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So who is the stumbling stone that he lays in Zion? It's Jesus Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, The Jews demand miraculous signs and the Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. He's a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Say amen to that. So question, why do so many people stumble over Jesus? Here's the reason why. I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, Jesus' name is above every other name. It's above every other name. Say amen to that. I'm going to prove that as I would prove something in a court of law. I'm going to prove that to you today. Philippians, I'm going to read it again. Therefore God exalted him. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that was above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. That means if cancer has a name it shall bow. If heart disease has a name it shall bow. If family dynamics have a, have, a, have a crucible in it, it shall bow. If a divorce proceeding has something going wrong, it shall bow. Marriage shall be saved. Of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. So I'm going to make a statement here. You either will bow now or you will bow then. But every knee one day will bow. I think bowing now while grace is around us and a part of our lives, it's the greatest time in the world to say, hey Jesus, why don't we hook up and be friends? Why don't we be buddies? Why don't you take the lead of my life? I don't want you just to be my Savior. I'd love for you to be my Lord. John 14 says, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And when you hear verses like that from the Bible, some people get all huffy. They really do. They get upset. Pastor, they say it's not fair to other religions to say that. But the truth is, the supremacy of the name Jesus is a statement of fact. And fairness has nothing to do with it. Now let me show you what I mean. Let me ask you a question today. What's the largest animal on earth? You got a clue? I'm going to show you. It's the blue whale. There it is right there. That's a big old boy right there. You hear me? That's a big old boy. He probably weighs about 115, 190 tons. He's about 115 feet long. When he was born, he weighed three tons. That's a big baby. <laughs> By the way, the Galts had a little baby girl uh, Friday. We clapped for the Galts today. Julie had a beautiful baby girl, and we're excited for the Galts. But that baby didn't weigh three tons. She weighed six pounds and 15 ounces. In the movie, 
and this is one of my favorite movies of all time, and please forgive me, I, I, I love Finding Nemo. I love that movie. I loved it. Uh, I love Dory. I love Dory. Dory, the, the big old guy that Dory called over when she was showing Marlon how to speak whale was that blue whale right there, one of those blue whales. Kind of slowed them down for a while, and, but they were looking for Nemo. But what if somebody heard that and said, that's not fair, Pastor, to compare that to my goldfish in my aquarium? That would be totally irrele an irrelevant objection, wouldn't it? We're dealing with reality here, folks, not political correctness. That whale is massive, and your goldfish wouldn't even be something that he would snack on. It's so small. Even if every animal in the world got together and signed a petition, it wouldn't change the reality. The blue whale is bigger than every other animal on earth, period. Say amen to that. All right. Second question. What's the largest living bird in the world? The North African ostrich. There he is. He stands nine feet tall and weighs something like 345 to 50 pounds. That's a bird. You don't want that bird. You know, in spite of what people say, he doesn't go around putting his hand and head in the sand. He's a, he can run up to 45, 50 miles an hour. That bird's a bad bird. But now, there's some people, because we live in this politically correct world, that says, what about my parakeet <laughs> in the cage at home? That's not fair to call him something different than what you'd call that ostrich. Well, that's true. But here's the deal. If you objected to that and you took that case to court, it might be a little tough to find a lawyer to defend your parakeet. But if they did, they couldn't win anyhow. And the reason why, the defense would just hold up your parakeet and then say, Bailiff, would you open the door and let the bird come in? And the North African ostrich would come in and walk in and the little parakeet would probably pass out from saying, oh my God, I've never seen anything so big in my life. Because the ostrich just claims the biggest of all. Case dismissed. It's not a matter of fairness. It's a matter of fact. How many of you like hot peppers? How many of you think you're a hot pepper? You're a chili pepper eater. Come on, how many? You know, I'm going to show you some peppers here. Look at that. Now, I don't know what all those are. I know some of them on the bottom and on the side. But those are, those are from zero to probably 600,000, 700,000 Scoville heat units hot. The bell peppers that you eat in your salad are, are zero. But, but there was a man named Wilbur Scoville back in 1912 who was a pharmacist. And he started this Scoville heat units. And he started measuring the hotness of peppers. And when, when, they, when they got this HSU, we got it, we got it. Then all of a sudden people started making these peppers hotter. Because I've researched this before because I didn't want to go to a restaurant and bite down on something. That would just make me run out screaming and hollering. And going trying to find some milk somewhere to pour down me to get, the, get that burning out of my mouth. Some of these peppers are so hot you put it on your skin, it'll, it'll burn you. You don't need a suntan, it'll just burn you. It'll just take, take you right out. But, but this Scoville heat unit, they, they decided to, to measure these things. So a bell pepper is zero heat units. It's zero. A jalapeno that you might eat at a Mexican restaurant is 3,500 to 4,000. A cayenne pepper measures 35,000 which is about 10 times more. But a typical Tabasco ranges from 30 to 50,000 Scoville heat units. But some peppers, some pepper had to be the hottest. So when I researched this several years ago, number one was the habanero. And it has a 570,000 Scoville heat unit. That is, 
That is more than a hundred times bigger than your favorite little jalapeno. It's just amazing how hot that is. In fact, uh, the, 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 the capsaicin, the capsaicin, or whatever it's called, C-A-P-S-A-I-S-C-I-N, the capsaicin, if it gets on your skin, it, you, just, you, just, you, just, you just go crazy. You cannot get it. You'll want to rub butter on you. You'll want to rub butter on it. It's like being burned by a stove. It is so hot. But yet, since we have been doing the Scoville heat units, I know this sounds, this sounds so boring because it sounds like a chemistry class. But they have made peppers hotter and hotter. And the one that is the hottest now, even over the habaneros, is what they call the Carolina Reaper. There's a Carolina Reaper right there. Look, it looks like the devil. A pitchfork, <laughs> two little horns coming out. That thing right there is 2,200,000 Scoville heat units. Now, if you're out one day on a date with your girlfriend and you're trying to impress her, you might stay with the jalapeno. You don't want none of that bad boy right there. You understand what I'm saying? That bad boy right there will make you never talk again without a swollen tongue. You understand that? You better have a, you know the guy that goes around at these drive-ins and dives and diners, you know who I'm talking about, Guy Fiati or whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his last name, but he goes around. And he, he and his men decided to eat one of these one day at a little, little restaurant. And so they got out and they cut him just a little piece of it. And so they mixed it with food and everything. And when Guy put it in his mouth, he said, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he just exploded. He, just, he said, my God, he, just, he couldn't handle it. And they grabbed gallons of milk and just poured it down, not to drink it, just poured it down, just poured it on their mouth, trying their best to take away the sting and the burn. So here's what I'm trying to say. Your little bell pepper that you think might hurt your stomach, you don't want a Carolina you don't want a Carolina on you. You don't want that reaper on you because that reaper will tear you up. What I'm trying to say, it's not about fairness. It's about fact. And when you understand that the blue whale doesn't, doesn't say hi or bye to a little goldfish and the North African ostrich doesn't worry about the parakeet because there's no comparison, it's not about fairness, then the hot pepper does not worry about the pepper that doesn't give off any heat because he knows that he is the hottest pepper on the planet. So what I want to try to tell you today is that there is a name that is above every name. Just like the whale is bigger than Dory and like the ostrich is bigger than the parakeet, there's a name that's above every name. I'm fixing to preach now. Lessons are over. It's time to preach. There's a name that's bigger than any name. The name John does not, does not ring it. The name Bob, Mary, Jack, Rex, Brandon, Reed, Brad, every other name on earth. But the name of Jesus can be translated several ways. Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. Jesus means Yeshua Savior. Jesus means Jehovah has become my salvation. Jesus means God saves. The very name declares his divinity that Jesus is God. And I don't want to, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But in the Muslim religion, the prophet Muhammad never claimed to be God. Never did. Ask the world's 1.2 billion Muslims. He lived, he died, and that was it. Hinduism has never recognized, has, has no recognized founder. And ask the 900 million Hindus. There were a bunch of, of, of assorted people like Shari, Adi, Shankara, who lived and died, and that was it. And Buddha never claimed to be God. 
Asked the world's 350 million Buddhists. He lived, he died, and that was it. Confucius never claimed to be God. Asked the 225 million followers of the Chinese traditional religion. He lived and died, and that was it. Oh, but when you come to the name Jesus. Jesus said in John 8, 58, I will tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. Ask his two billion followers around the world about him and they'll tell you. He lived and the government took his life and he died, but that wasn't all. On the third day, he defeated death, hell in the grave and rose again exactly as he said he would. And the world has never been the same. Jesus is the name that is above all names. And it's not about fairness, it's about Fact. Amen. And I'm telling you, when you need healing, you don't need any other name to be called over you. When you need deliverance, you don't need any other name to be called over you. When you need help, you don't need any other name to be called over you. The name of Jesus cast out. The name of Jesus heals. The name of Jesus delivers. There is nothing like the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. It's the name above all names. There's not a name like it. Jesus. The other day, my wife, my beautiful wife, and, and I love the fire out of her, but she, she's had some little arthritis. She's, uh, she's almost 60. Oh, we're going to enjoy that next year. <laughs> and, and, and her left hand has been giving her tremendous fits. It's been paining her. So she's been getting up at night and putting aspirin cream on and taking Advil and she said she still couldn't sleep because the pain was so intense. Didn't know if what it was, arthritic or maybe some kind of corporal tunnel. She didn't know. And the other day she said, <laughs> so simple, she said, would you pray for my hand? And I said, I sure will, hon. So I reached over, we was, we was eating dinner, and I reached over and just took her by the hand. I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, with your stripes we're healed. Heal this hand and let it not hurt any longer. And the other day she came to me, about two days later she said, Babe, you know the other day when you prayed for me? I said, Yeah. She said, My hand doesn't hurt anymore. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I know that's that's real small, that's real simple. But if Jesus can heal a hand, he can heal a land. If Jesus can touch your foot, he can touch every part of you. There is nothing that the name of Jesus cannot accomplish. When you're in trouble, who are you going to call? It's time to start calling on Jesus. It's time to say, I will call on the name of the Lord in my life because there's nothing greater than the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. Amen. Number two, Jesus shatters the status quo. He just shatters it. The name Jesus shatters the status quo. Galatians 3 says, you are all, all sons. Say, all of us are sons. Say all of us through faith in Christ Jesus. For all you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. Now watch this. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. The disenfranchised people of the world love Jesus because he affirms their God-given worth. There's nobody that affirms God-given worth like Jesus Christ. But around the world, many of those in power hate Jesus because to them he is a stumbling stone. 
He says, the people you lead, you folks in power, are worth just as much as you are. Because everybody is the same according to Galatians when they walk into the presence of Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm going to put a slide up here. I want to show you something. You see this 83? You see this 83 model car here? You see this? You see that? That's a little old 83 model vehicle there. It's a little old Dodge. And it's probably got 500,000 miles on it. And its, its owner likes it because it's washed. It's sitting. He's probably in an office right now. He's driven it for a long, long time. I used to drive cars like that, and I loved them. And I, ha- I, had, I had them named. I had names for my cars. I don't name my cars anymore because now they're just vehicles to get me around. But it, put, put, beside there, put beside there this other car. I want you to look at that car. Now, that's a bad dude right there. You hear me? That's a bad dude right there. That little old car right there is not an 83 Dodge station wagon. That's a CL65 AMG. That's a bad machine. And there's some people that drive those cars. Nothing wrong with driving either car. There's nothing wrong with either car, either person that eats inside the car. But here's what I want to tell you. When you step out of either one of them, you're all the same in the kingdom of God. Oh, somebody help me right now. You're all the same. When you step out of either one of them, you're all the same. You know, some people might ride a bicycle. Some might ride a motorcycle to church. But we're all the same. We're all God's kids. I'm telling you, Jesus loves everybody on the same level. Are you with me today? There is no highs. There's no lows. There's no big. There's no little. We're all the same in the kingdom of God. And I love that. He destroys the status quo. I'll tell you something else he does, and I ought, to, I ought to get some cards for this. Somebody ought to be writing me some cards for this. You hear me? Last month was Women's Equality Day. We celebrate that in August. It's the 19th Amendment to our Constitution, a woman's right to vote. A woman ran for president last year in America, and we didn't think anything negative about it. I love it. Women around the world are stunned by the freedom and rights of American women. But thanks to Jesus, I'm going to preach now. Thanks to Jesus, women started being involved in the kingdom of God. You read the Old Testament, folks. Women were not even looked at except to have children. If they didn't have children, they were called barren and they were cursed. But when Jesus comes along, (laughs) hallelujah, when Jesus comes along, women step to the forefront. Women start doing things for the kingdom of God. And thank God for women because they started many churches in the New Testament church because men were too lazy to go start them. I thank God that Jesus liberated the women of the world. Amen. And here today we all are the same. There's no bond. There's no free. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no male. There's no female. There's no 83 Dodge. And there's no brand new Mercedes. We're all the same in the kingdom of God. And there's nobody can do that except Jesus Christ. He shatters the status quo. Do you love that kind of Savior? Come on. Do you love that kind of Savior? I have seen people come to church and look across and say, if I had what they had, I could make it. No, 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 no. You do have what they have. The, the thing that matters is not their money, not their esteem, not their prestige. The thing you need in your life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what you need in your life. That's the thing that makes people happy. It's not the money. It's not the house. It's not the It's the relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you get a hold of that relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll be the happiest person in the planet because he brings everybody together. Come on. Come on. 
I'm the same person I was when I was a sharecropper's son. He loves me the same when I was a young preacher and I couldn't find a place to preach as now when I'm pastoring a church on the south side of Austin. He loved me when I was nothing. He loved me now that God's blessed me. He loves me because I am a part of the kingdom of God. Somebody help me preach that right now. I'm trying to get that in your mind. Not only is he the most powerful name, not only does he shatter the status quo, but the third thing he does, he's the only way to heaven. Everybody say, he's the only way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. You know, the Bible said broad is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate that leads to life. You know why that gate's narrow? Watch this now. That gate is just as wide as his shoulders are. Jesus is the door. He's the gate. You've got to come through Jesus to get to the Father. You've got to come through him. <laughs> he is the way, the truth, and the life. Acts chapter 4, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, is the stone the builder rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm life. No one comes to the Father except through me. People go li livid over this one. But they say it's intolerant. But is it? See, people confuse the admirable quality of tolerance for different points of views with an absurd notion that every religion is equally valid. It's one thing to say that everyone has the right to their opinion, but it requires you to disengage your brain and insist that everybody's opinion is right. Should we be respectful of people who hold those views? Absolutely. But should we fight for the right to believe whatever... Should we fight for the right to believe whatever they want to? Absolutely. But with heaven and hell at stake, heaven and hell, at some point you have to put them all on a scale and examine their validity. It's one thing to be tolerant of somebody's belief that 2 plus 2 equals 5. It's every person's right to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 8, but when it comes time to figure your taxes, 2 plus 2 had better equal 4, and that's a fact. That's a fact. People say things like, hey, it's just as long as you're sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. You can be sincere. Well-meaning but uninformed people say things like, all religions say the same thing. They're all alike. It doesn't make any difference what you believe. But is that true? Absolutely not. See, the Hindus believe in 300,000 gods. Buddhists say there is no such thing as God. Muslims believe in a powerful God who's detached and unapproachable. It's getting quiet in here. And New Age followers believe they are God. <laughs> Now let me tell you about Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. He is everything to everybody. He's everything to everybody. When I was, a, when I was just a boy, in fact, I had just been born. I was like two days old. And I, I, evidently I was born with, with double pneumonia or something. I contacted it real quickly in the hospital. And I, immune system was not kicked in and I, I, I must have caught it real quickly and I was placed in an incubator that's the best they had I'm almost finished that's the best they had and somebody called a preacher to come and my mom and dad had this brand new converts they didn't know how to pray but they called a pastor to come and that pastor came and came into that into that in that room of intensive care in that hospital and put his hand under the under my knees on one side and his other hand under the neck on the other side of my body and lifted me up in that incubator 
said, Jesus, I want you to heal this baby boy. I want you to prove to these people that they have started following somebody that is right and real. I went home the next day. And I never have had double pneumonia again. And then he added a little punchline. He said, Lord, I want his lungs to be so strong he'll be a preacher one day and he'll preach forever. You know, every now and then when I go to thinking about the presence and the goodness of God and the greatness of the name of the Lord and the fairness of how he made everybody feel so special and the fact that he shattered the status quo and the fact that he's the only way to heaven, the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. Through his blood he shed for us. By grace through faith are we saved, not by works lest any man should boast. But here we are today, and I, I, know, I know this sounds like somebody's trying to scare you a little bit, but I'm not. I'm really not. But folks, we're living in a time that you might need to make your call in an election sure. You might have quit start fooling around with some of these religions that don't offer a hope hereafter. You might ought to just kind of lay it down or just, and say, you know, I need somebody in my life. I need... I need a Savior, but more than that, I need a Lord in my life. I need a Lord in my life. And when I think about how he saved me and how he raised me and how he brought me out and how he's touched my life, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed with the feeling of how he has done me in my life. And many of you can testify, hey, he's done you in your life. You were here, and God's brought you a mighty long way. And it's a great thing to do. But I stand today to tell you to tell you that the only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. He can do everybody with everything because he is the all in all Savior. Jesus is his name. There is a lot of speculation about September the 23rd. I close today. Help me. David, I appreciate it. There, there's a lot of speculation about September the 23rd because the stars are aligning. You can go online and read it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be fearful today. I, I'm not a fearful preacher, but stars are aligning. Mercury and Mars and Jupiter are lined up, and there's going to be, there's going to be the birth. Jupiter is the call, the Leo planet, the King Leo, the biggest planet. He's going to be birthed from the woman clothed in the sun, and it's going to happen going to happen on September the 23rd that's a Saturday the 24th is a Sunday and many people say many people say that there's going to be some cataclysmic events there's going to be some things that's going to happen on that day it's going to be they don't know what to call it they don't know what to call it but I will say this that we are living in times of so uncertainty I've never I've never been in all my all my life I've never been in times where things just hit and hit and hit and hit and you think when we're going to get a break from this and then something else comes it's now and it's almost as if God is saying I wish you would just look up because it's not going to get better I wish you'd just look up and just say I need you Jesus in my life and if you're watching if you're watching if you're watching by, by streaming today and you can't get out of your house I wish you'd bow your knee right there by your couch and just say Lord I need you in my house 
if there's some older people that are so sick they can't get to the house of God I wish that you'd just say Lord I need healing the pastor said the name of the Lord is a healing name and I can be healed in the name of the Lord in my life but for you that are here you that are in the house I will tell you that you need to make your calling and your election sure because Jesus Christ is coming he's coming do I know when? no do I know the hour? no no man does but I promise you this that he is coming soon and I was riding with one of our care pastors yesterday and he brought it up he said pastor how much do people have to see before they realize that the Lord is about to come get us a week or so ago we had a three day scare in Austin because we had no fuel you remember that and I, saw, I said last Sunday, we ought to throw away the no fear t-shirts because people are not unafraid. They are afraid. When the right thing touches them, they're afraid. 500,000 homes are already out of lights in Miami as Irma sweeps through. There's some, there's some fear going on. And we may be talking tough, but I promise you, the only way to be right and to be tough is to take the name of the Lord in your life and to say, Jesus, be my Savior, amen, and be my Lord. That's how, that's how you stand in this last day. And I'm not ashamed to preach it. I'm not ashamed to declare it. I'm not ashamed to say this is what you need in your life. I want to read you a little something. I'm going to close, and I'm going to have you stand in just a moment. But to the architect, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he's a bright morning star. To the baker, he's a bread of life. To the builder, he's a sure foundation. To the carpenter, he's the door. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the educator, he's a teacher. To the electrician, he's the light of the world. To the farmer, he's a sower and lord of the harvest. To the fireman, he's a water of life. And to the florist, he's a rose of sharing the lily of the valley. To the geologist, he's a tried stone and rock of ages. To the historian, he's the ancient of days. To the jeweler, he's a precious cornerstone. To the jury, he's a faithful and true witness. To the laborer, he's a giver of rest. To the lawyer, he's the advocate and mediator. To the merchant, he's a pearl of great price. To the news reporter, he's a good tidings of great joy. To the pharmacist, he's the balm of Gilead and the ointment. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God. To the photographer, he's the expressed image of God. To the printer, he's the word. To the publisher, he's the author. To the royalty, he's king of kings. To the shepherd, he's the lamb of God. To the student, he's truth. To the theologian, he's the author and finisher of our faith. And to all who believe, to all who believe, he came to his own. And his own received him not. But to all who received him to, and believed on his name, he gave them power to become the children or the sons of God. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. You need to wrap your arms around Jesus today. You need to say, Lord, I need you in my life. That's what you need to do. Now, that's your choice. That's your decision. But Philippians 2 said, one day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. And he's Lord. And I'd rather do it here than face him there without having it done here. Would you stand and bow your heads all over the building right now? Would you do that? I'd appreciate it.